Besties. We're back. Oh boy, oh boy. Did we just record something special for y'all? We're not going to tell you what it is. Uh We're not going to tell you. But we're going to release it soon. And um, so you just wait. (laughs) But for now, we're releasing this episode, the one you're listening to right now, which isn't special at all. (laughs) (laughs) It's just regular. It's a regular episode. (laughs) So fucking deal with it. We're back. We're back. After another iconic weekend. Iconic week. Or week. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, I mean, and weekend. Yeah. I don't really remember what the week was. Um, Yeah, I mean, whatever. It's iconic because we lived it. No, for sure. I'm not debating you. I just don't remember what I did this week. I know what we did this weekend. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the beauty of... Another swirl. Another swirl. That's the beauty of recording this podcast on a Monday. So people really get the energy of our previous weekend when they listen to uh, it on a Thursday for them to inject into their systems to to get ready for the upcoming weekend. Yes, yes, yes. This is a weekend podcast. We're like a nice uh, moose-bouche for the weekend. (laughs) (laughs) We're just here to inspire you for Uh your iconic weekends. Yes, uh... Um, and you know, also just like learning and growing and womp, 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 womp. <laughs> um, yeah, bestie is back on her bullshit. We're not going to get into that or we are, I don't know. Oh, yeah, we can, whatever. <laughs> we haven't recorded the Patreon episode yet. We're going to record that at some point yeah. between now and Thursday. So we can't like tease you with what is, what salacious details are going to be in that. But also, there will be like salacious updates about um, why I'm back in my bullshit, which I'll like talk about here, but not as much. So, yeah, per the Patreon episode guidelines, yes. we'll talk about it here, but not as much. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I got a haircut today. You didn't say anything. Oh my God, you did get a haircut today. Well, in my head when you walked in, I was like, your hair looks good. I just, yeah, it looks good. Thank you. You're welcome. We've been together for an hour and a half now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I've been literally waiting. I've been, while the whole time that you've been here, I've been thinking i feel like a kid who did something wrong oh and my I god didn't. i was wondering i was like why is nika being so cagey and weird <laughs> i was like i got here and i was like i guess she's like upset about something and i was no. like i hope it's not about anything i did i don't know no i'm not upset i just didn't <laughs> i just didn't um I, yeah i didn't want to tell you just because it's been so dramatic and you know yeah. as you but then as you did say at um Carrie, you get to tune in weekly to your own soap opera. Yeah, yeah, whatever. But yeah, I'm back on my bullshit with the bestie. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> We've all been there. Uh, yeah. I'm not judging you. But right now we're on a high. It's like a, we're back yeah. on our bullshit in a and fun I'm, way. And I'm it happy for you. Stay that way. Yeah. And tune in next week when Nika's <laughs> like, we out. have to make it stop. We have to, I need a new boundary. I feel fucking so, um, <laughs> I feel like I'm in high school. Here, but you know what? And that's going to be part of my hot take anyway, so whatever. But uh, yeah, I'm back on my bullshit. Well, let's get into our segments then. Okay. Mistakes, keepsakes, and hot takes. 
I was talking to a friend of the pod, Susanna, last night and about the situation with the bestie mm-hmm. um, because she also was having like kind of a similar situation, but not as intense. And I was like, yeah, I was like, I don't know. Like, I, you know, I f- my brain keeps telling me that this needs to end because it's so chaotic. And I'm kind of feeling that TikTok, like, am I the villain? Am I um, the drama? Am I the drama? And she was like, well, you know, like, what? Like, she was like, what, what's bad about chaos? And so my hot take is that sometimes, some, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, sometimes things can be chaotic. And that doesn't mean that it's necessarily bad chaos bad or, or toxic. It's chaotic neutral. It's cha- Well, that's what I said. I was like, you're right. I feel like the situation got chaotic bad recently. Chaotic evil. Chaotic right? evil. Isn't that the technical, t- the technical yeah. term. It can be chaotic neutral. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like to think that you and I... We skew chaotic good, but we are chaotic neutral. For sure. And in, in essence, you yes. know, yeah, we yeah, are yeah. chaotic. Sometimes it's bad. Most of the time it's good. It's we're chaotic neutral. Yeah. I as just, people. Yeah. My hot take is that like I am. I don't. I love how self-aware I am. Sometimes it's annoying, though. <laughs> and I just it's like, you know, most people in my shoes probably wouldn't cut themselves off from the situation because it is fun most of the time. So it's like, why do I have to be the exception? I don't feel like cutting it off. So true, bestie. So true. I love that for you. Me too. Um, um, and I'm just gonna my own boundary is that if it starts getting intense again, I'm just gonna check in with myself yeah. and no one else because no one else needs to, you know. You can check in with me. Come on. No, for sure. Come but on. I'm just, you know, what not, am I? What not am I, as intense. You know, it's like no one needs, you know, at a certain point, it's like I, I would start feeling like Carrie Bradshaw with Big. Right, right, right. And I couldn't oh my help God, but is this wonder. My big? Ugh, Ugh, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. This no. is your medium, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> It does feel very <laughs> Carrie and Big, though, except um, we're friends and we're not dating. But this is the queer version of Sex in the City. <laughs> Luckily, there are no Mirandas in my life. And we've all been saying what we need is a queer Sex in the City. Yes. So thank you for doing giving me that in real life. Yeah. Um, so that's my hot take. My mistake... Well, my mistake is that this friend, like... We were at a pregame on Saturday night and this friend got there. I'd been like ignoring them all week, trying to take some space from them. And they got to the party. I was doing my best to be nice to them, but shit was tense. They could feel that it was tense. And so I I didn't think that we were going to have a convo that night at all. Okay. If I did, I would have stayed sober. Mm-hmm. And so I like did I did like three lines of ketamine in like, you know, an hour, which is a considerable amount <laughs> uh-huh. to then have a conversation. And then as I like walked into our friend's bedroom to get a piece of gum out of my coat pocket, this bestie followed me into the room and was like, Hey, like, can we talk? Like, can we check in? And I th- was like, <laughs> I thought that I told them that I was on K and was like, if you want to do this on K- while I'm on K for sure. They said they don't remember me saying that. Mm. So maybe I didn't. And so then we just had a very intense convo well, on you're ketamine. Like on a on a drug that makes you like think in circles. Here's the thing though, is that the convo like 
I remember as I was talking being so impressed by how coherently I was speaking. <sighs> I was talking like this. Yeah. Like everything. I was saying everything correctly, which I usually can't string together a fucking <laughs> coherent thought on ketamine. It's a lot of like, uh, and, um, uh, uh, um, and the convo went well. I remember like the main points of it. Maybe one of our bonus episodes on Patreon will oh be us God. just doing ketamine Let's while trying do to do an episode. <laughs> and, um, as soon as the conversation ended, did like with then i took some acid and as i was coming up on the acid i was like i don't remember 85 percent of that conversation <laughs> which is not great because yeah. i don't now i don't i don't know what we just talked about yeah, what we checked in about what we the point of about. a check-in yeah um but like it's fine like whatever because we've checked in so much that and i remember the main points but yeah so that's my mistake it's like folks don't have, have important, conversations. important conversations on ketamine it's yeah. like taking a chunk or on drugs in general, in general but or espe- honestly even over drinks yeah especially on a dissociative yeah <laughs> on a literal tranquilizer <laughs> um my keepsake someone that i have a little bit yes, of a new crush yes, on last that. night asked if i wanted to kiss them and i <laughs> said yes and then we kissed and it was cute i do think they're if you're listening you let me know i got the sense that they're capital g gay I don't know. They were flirting with you so hard. Just from the kiss, though. No tongue. It was like a quick... It was like a... Okay. Okay. You know. It was like a a firm kiss, but it was... And then we didn't kiss again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got the sense from them... Like, I got the sense that... they initiated the kiss. But I... Because I was like all doughy-eyed with them on the dance floor and just like hugging them all night you know i think they got the vibe that i have like a little schoolgirl crush on them yeah which was cute either way i was like cool thank you know if you are capital g gay and you're not into girls that's in this context context that's totally fine because you did what i would want someone to do which is you still like (laughs) threw me a bone threw me a bone and paid attention to me so that was cute you know we cuddled that was nice um, but who knows? I could be totally wrong. I don't That's, know. Y'all were like we having were. a moment. We were. We'll see. I mean, we'll find out. Yeah. Um, that. I mean, that would be best case scenario is that they're into me because they're so hot and cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm definitely rooting for it. That's what's happened in this past week. You've been a, a oh yo. That slut. is my other keepsake. Actually, is uh, I've been young, dumb, and full of cum this week. Yes. I am. Um, you know had come put inside of <laughs> my holes twice by two different people can't wait to go get tested yeah um yeah yeah went on two really hot sex dates had the best sex of honestly the last few years of my life um this weekend and friday night he's probably gonna listen to this episode because he said he's gonna start listening to the podcast well, whatever congrats Hi. congrats on filling her up with come very well yeah congrats on being one of the best lays <laughs> of my recent life. Um, Ugh, I love to hear it. Yeah. It's true what they say. I've never uh, believed, and I realized that's because I was having bad sex. I never believed in the concept of you get over someone by getting under someone else. Yeah, um, but it is so true. Until I got under someone else who can fuck. <laughs> yes. And now I'm like, okay. Yeah. I feel great. Um, yeah. So that's my keepsake. I love that. Full of well, not not currently, but I hope to continue to be young, dumb, and full of cum. You're spiritually full, full of cum. Yeah, you're spiritually full of cum. You got kissed by a possible capital G gay. Gay. Like you're just you're on one this week. Yeah, you know, bam, 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 bam. Sagittarius season is fast approaching. And yeah, I can feel yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Oof, yeah. <laughs> 
we can all feel it yeah it's i'm a bu- buzzing yeah um, you're in your opposite of a flop era yeah <laughs> you're flopping on your back era yeah i thought well i thought to after when i was walking to the train today i was like wow it brought me back to when i had that conversation with you in the car on the way to honcho and i was talking about how i feel like i'm constantly desexualizing myself around people mm-hmm. and how i'm like you know i'm always making these like weird comments that make me not seem hot and then it confuses people because people are like <laughs> Nika's sexy and hot, but she she seems like she doesn't want to have sex with us or hook up with us. And I haven't felt that way since uh, Honcho. Yep. I can't even remember the the last time I made a comment about myself that may put me in a place of desexualizing myself. Yeah, no, you're like pretty like you're I think you're now making comments (laughs) that are hypersexualizing yourself, but like in a good way. Yeah, (laughs) I love it. I love it. We broke the spell. That was your Ella enchanted curse. (laughs) And we broke it. (laughs) By we, I mean you. You did all the work, but I bore witness. Yeah, no, you helped a lot. (laughs) Yeah, I circled that drain with you You many a time. Um, great. I love that. Yeah. I also, um, <laughs> just to share on the pod, because we've talked about Motherfucker a lot on main episodes. Oh, yes. I found out from Bessie last night that Motherfucker before... The honcho enemy honcho for anyone enemy. who doesn't... Because I think we've only named him Motherfucker on yeah. Patreon episodes, but... Yes. Also known as butterfly in french um God damn it, <laughs> it's not their real name so it doesn't matter um bestie told me last night that before they officially ghosted motherfucker motherfucker was like do you think that nika and anya would think it was weird if i subscribed to their patreon i really want to support them <gasps> and i was like wow do i hope they subscribe to the patreon oh, and just hear God. that the first three episodes are fully about, just about them, them and how much we hate them <laughs> Oh my god, did they? I haven't I have not seen their name, but I'm absolutely going to be looking tonight on our list of patrons to see. Oh my god. I hope. I really hope that would be so funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. Also, I'm like was that subscribe before to the Patreon before, for the full tea? Yeah, did you ask to um subscribe to the Patreon before or after you were absolutely read to filth by Anya? Yeah, which if you want to hear that message, subscribe to the Patreon because yeah. I do read it on one of the episodes, the message where I was like, and another thing, which I really, you know, we all deserve to send that message every once for in a sure, while. For sure. For um, sure. Yeah, so I just I thought that was so funny. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, okay." Huh. Thanks for the support. Yeah. Thanks for all the material. Yes, honestly. Seriously. We'll, we'll cut you a check when we make it big. Yeah. Just kidding. No, we no. won't. We'll cut you a check that we then immediately cancel. Yeah, that we void <laughs> while it's in the mail. <laughs> um. Okay. All right. So my um keepsake. Well, okay. My hot take this week is that I stayed in granted last night was not on purpose but i stayed in two of the three nights that my friends were like out and about doing things this weekend and i still like went hard as fuck at um at the one night that i did go out and i like had the best time and i like didn't experience any fomo for the nights that i was maybe that's kind of my keepsake too but my hot take is that like staying in and taking care of your, you know, the home nest, taking care of yourself, getting some sleep just makes the party rock all that much harder, for I sure, think. For sure. Party rock in the house tonight. Yes. 
<laughs> is that yes. how it goes? I Party forget. rocking in a house. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, that was me Friday and Sunday. I was party rocking in the house Hell those yeah. nights. I love that. Um, and then on Saturday night, I was out. Uh, I was out until 4 p.m. the next day, 5 p.m. the next day. Yeah. Um, having the best time. And that's not to say that there are not going to be weekends where I don't make, I don't do the full weekend bender again. Oh, I mean, it's coming up soon. We have a 24 hour party yeah. we're going to yeah. pretty soon. I don't know if I'm going to go to all 24 hours of it. Okay. I mean, the ticket. Have you bought your tickets yet? The tickets are mm. tiered at like the pricing, and I'm I'm not going for the beginning of it for sure. Um, if you are, God bless. I mean, the the time that I went to the 24 hour party, I didn't get there until 4 a.m. No, I don't think I'm not going to the beginning of it. I think I'm probably going to try to get there for yeah, like 3 a.m. Yeah. 4 a.m. I want to get there for Carrie's set That's, and well, then stay. Well, isn't Carrie set at 9 a.m.? Or sorry, I want to get there for the set before Carrie's set. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I want to get there for 3 to 4 a.m. and stay till it ends. Right. So that still has the potential to be a one-nighter, technically, mm. is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I'm not saying that that's my plan. I'm no, just, no, no, no. It's not inherently a weekend bender just because it is a 24-hour party that I will be attending. Yeah. So anyway, hot take. Um, stay in. Have a nice time by yourself. The party will be there, you know metaphorically um when when you're ready for it and um yeah and i'm just i feel like i don't feel hungover at all even though i was just i was literally out from like 10 p.m to 5 p.m the next day yeah i don't feel hungover either which is crazy yeah i'm just chilling um and like you know ready for my week my keepsake is that i have lived in my apartment for a year now and so i did my like kind of annual like go through all of my shit clean out the whole apartment from floor to ceiling like just fucking i think a lot of people that's their spring cleaning but i didn't do that this spring because i had just moved into the apartment and i was like you know i obviously i cleaned my apartment many mm-hmm. times since in the last year but not like the you know the spiritual cleanse yeah. of like getting rid of all this shit and like um i like bought some new things that will make my life easier like you know little shelves that i've been thinking like that needs a shelf and like or like um you know how in my living room i have that like space that is like storage that's like all open Uh i like finally got a curtain to cover that up and it like looks a lot nicer i got some like new lights um that like you know the lights that change colors um for my bedroom and my living room and i'm just like i'm like upgrading the vibes yeah because winter is is coming yeah um i i'm i'm a new person it's been a long year and i'm just trying to like keep my i am i am a taurus venus after all there's a little (laughs) slice of me that is taurian and i do like to keep the homestead yeah um my like oasis yeah so my keepsake is that i really because i i've been living out of suitcases for the last fucking few months i've been like really neglecting my sanctuary Mm -hmm. and so this week i really pulled that together i tore through some fucking to-do lists of like um yeah cleaning and general home upkeep and i'm proud of myself Cause I've been really avoiding like it's shit that I've known, like that I've known that I would eventually want. I'm like, Oh yeah, I want a curtain there or whatever. But I just like, it would just make my skin crawl thinking about all the steps it would take to accomplish those things. Mm-hmm. And I just did it. I fucking did it. And not all of it was pleasant cause I'm not a handy person. And yeah. I, there was like, there was a screwdriver involved in a few of these little projects mm-hmm. I had. And it was just, 
I did it for the family. And by that, I mean me and my dog. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, my mistake... I guess my mistake was like on the night that I did go out, I we went to Carrie Nation. Shout out. Shout out to our fucking... It, does one episode go by where we don't mention <laughs> Carrie Nation on this podcast? Um, I went to Carrie Nation um, and one of my like long-term friends came along. Mm-hmm. And I really just got in my head about making sure she was having a good time. Yeah. When she clearly was and yeah. was absolutely like vibing and like didn't feel like I was responsible for her at all. Like at one point I like separated myself from the dance floor um, to go... Uh, like get water or something and in my head she like came with me and then I turned around and she was just still on the dance floor like absolutely vibing and like I was like oh yeah you're not like my puppy dog I don't know why because this is something that I go to a lot means that I assume you need me to like show you around yeah she still like goes out and parties it just isn't that specific party she goes to every time but yeah, I just like wasn't really able to like really I mean, I was still having a great time and I was letting loose and I was having like um, all my usual routine spiritual moments on the dance floor. But I was also just like a little in my head about making sure that like she was having a good time. I mean, I got it. I had a moment where you and I were together and then Toxic came on and I ran to the dance floor because I really wanted to go dance and you were doing your thing. And then as I was dancing for like a minute there, I like felt bad and got in my head and was like wait but like what about uh, like shouldn't I be with Ani and then I was like dude all of our friends are here like (laughs) what are you talking about and then it was great because then I was like cool I'm spending the next like hour and a half dancing alone I love that but I get it you get in your head especially like on substances social dynamics like that too it's hard because like I'm in a position where everywhere I look on the dance floor there's like one of my really good friends yeah and she like knows a couple of you but isn't like I was like her only like like person in that room and so I was like am I I don't want to like let loose too hard because I'm like like all my friends are here and then like let her just be in the situation where she's like now on the dance floor surrounded by strangers and like doesn't know who's a friend or isn't a friend and that definitely did like that became a thing at one point when that weird guy Mm -hmm. she was like do you know him like is he one of your friends and I was like oh my god you're now in the position where you don't know who here is one of my friends and who here is a random weirdo stranger yeah 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 and that sucks because like there are certain ways that people who are like one of our friends can behave that like a stranger should not behave yeah and you can't discern for sure the difference and like that so th- that made me feel responsible also whatever it's it wasn't like a full-blown mistake but i definitely didn't like let loose in the way i normally do but also there were like some other behind the scenes things happening where i was like i was a little tuned into that the, the, there was some weird things happening that night in general so i don't think i would have let loose probably either way i mean i did once again i let loose just not i was in my head a lot no i got it um so and and i just yeah my if i were to boil it down to like what kind of mistake i made it's that i just like let myself feel responsible for someone who like had no business being treated like my like Mm -hmm. like i was their guardian or something like she's she's a grown-up yeah and like at one point when she left, I was like, oh my God, is she leaving? Because she didn't have a good time. And then I looked at the clock and it was 4.30 yeah. in the morning. And I'm like, obviously she had a good time. Yeah. <laughs> she stayed out until for after sure. most bars closed. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, you know, just silly, just silly overthinking things. Yeah, I got it. 
Um, I think you and I both have that issue where like we have friends from outside of this world that we sometimes bring into this world and to varying degrees of success. Yeah. And sometimes it can just feel very like because we're so comfortable in our little world with our little community, we like really want those people to like also just like ease in and feel comfortable. But like at the end of the day, this is a bunch of people they don't fucking know in spaces that they don't know. Well, one of our besties said it about Elisa because Elisa famously came to Good Room for Carnation. (laughs) Yeah. And then like the bestie didn't know that Elisa left. And then when we were walking to the afters was like, oh, like, I just like really hope that like Elisa had fun tonight and that like, you know, it was like a weird night. And I just like, I hope that like she comes back. And I was like, babe, like she'll, she's an adult. Like, she She's <laughs> yeah. fine. I'm sure she had a good time. Like we don't need to feel. I was like, we don't like, but I also too had a moment where I was like, Okay, like, well, is yeah, everyone... At one, point, at one like, point, it was, like, Elisa was there. Like, that's the other thing, by the way, besties. The three of us finally fucking partied at Good Room together, yeah. which we had never done. But Elisa was there. My friend Jane was there. Yeah. It was just, like, multiple variables of people that I now was like, I hope they're having a good yeah. time. And I was like, same. Anya, shut, shut up. I know. I was, yeah, same. I was like, okay, go back to hugging the speaker. Because everyone was obviously having a yeah. good time. Yeah. It was very silly. For sure. That's what I said That's the to thing. this friend. Not everyone is trying to shut it down till 5, 5 p.m. the next day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's not necessarily the vibe for everyone. And if someone leaves before 5 p.m., <laughs> I need to not, day. the next day, I need to not take that personally. Yeah, for sure. Not that I took it personally with no, my but friend. But I know what you mean. Anyway. Wait, okay, so fuck up of the week is <laughs> Travis Scott partnering with BetterHelp. Yeah, yeah. for sure, yeah. Um, Absolutely embarrassing to have your restitution plan involve a sponsorship. A, but also just one month one free. One month free of, for, of therapy for the people grieving. With BetterHelp. And all, here's the thing. We need to end the celebrity sponsorship of BetterHelp. Industrial, Industrial complex. complex. <laughs> Allie and AJ are doing it. Ugh, like, I and, know. I'm like, girlies, no. Like, first, I've looked into BetterHelp for therapy. It's They're evil. Terrible. They're terrible. It's yeah. so bad. It's like fucked up. They like sell your information. Yeah. It, also, it's expensive. It's expensive. So expensive. And it's not also one month free for people who lost family members and friends during a needless tragedy at Travis Scott's music festival and performance. Yeah. One month of free teletherapy for a company that is going to sell their information Psycho. and also it's like basically a free trial like i wonder if it's just gonna like you know how like free trials you have to like actively end uh-huh. it before it bills you yeah, yeah, yeah. like i wonder if it's gonna do that <laughs> like oh like these people that have already been through enough waking up to like some charge from better help yeah one month later insane um, um also there's someone made a really good point Oh my God, hold on. So one of my Twitter mutuals, who's also an incredible, um, she's a she's a journalist and writer and she's a sex worker and she's an incredible artist. And I like often buy her art. Like if you ever see photos of me in my bedroom with art in the background, it's likely one of her pieces. She's just so good. Um, she had a really hot take about it. And I just want to see if, yeah. Okay. So her, her Twitter handle is at Adri rising, A D R I E R I S I N G. I actually also really want to have her on the podcast at some time. She's so smart and cool and funny, but she tweeted, um, this is a, excuse me. She tweeted, this is a great way to force unsuspecting, grieving teenagers and their families into accepting third-party 
arbitration that precludes a future lawsuit lawsuit so he's certainly an enterprising young man but it's true if they accept this help this quote-unquote help from better help it will um make a future lawsuit more difficult because they like accepted his like restitution gift or whatever um so it's actually like a really shady way to avoid lawsuits from anybody who takes this deal for sure um and he's paying like we should say i guess he's paying for everyone's funerals which like that's the bare minimum that he should do but that is good i guess there shouldn't be no funerals to pay for let's start there but it's not just one month of (laughs) better help but it might as well be paying once again paying for a funeral bare minimum if you're the reason someone died yeah and you're a millionaire absolutely but we do want to balance this out. With this a keepsake. Week, we do want the there's a there's a keepsake, a like public keepsake of the week, a world keepsake, which is that Britney, Britney is, is free. free. I can't believe that we were instrumental in the free Britney <laughs> we movement. We did that. We did that. We did that with our Britney episode. Um, <laughs> sorry, Britney's Graham. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Babs Gray, absolute um, icon who actually did something. Uh, it was us. It was us. It's like just absolutely iconic i hope that she is currently <laughs> pregnant yeah what we were saying on saturday we were like i wonder what britney did this weekend or on sunday rather yeah. we were like i wonder what britney did this weekend and then we were like she is somewhere with her feet up, up. <laughs> <laughs> like letting that come drip through her cervix because you know she she got that iud out like she left the court and, and like w- like entered stirrups yeah <laughs> <laughs> that iud oh, was that fucking baby is gonna be so out. cute <laughs> Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, I um, yeah, cannot she's, wait. She's somewhere it's going to be her... a national, an international holiday when yeah. that baby is born. She's somewhere with her legs up texting Donatella Versace to see how her wedding dress is coming along. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, oh, my God. It's going to be so iconic. Yeah. I... Brittany, come on the pod Brittany, now that you can speak freely. Come on the pod. <laughs> now that we have a freed Brittany, come on the pod. Come on the pod. You know who we probably could get on the pod who? is the Brittany's Graham Yeah, I was girlies. just, I was thinking that. We I'm mutuals get... with them on Twitter. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, let's reach out. I okay, fucking fine. Let's lo- do it. Fine. I would love to. <laughs> I would love to have them on the pod. We the number of people that we've suggested as guests, both ironically and seriously, <laughs> I feel like our listeners are like, wait, so who's actually coming on the pod? And you'll see. You'll see. We got some big ones. Yeah, we finally have some guests coming on after a little bit of a hiatus. Yeah, we listen. Guest episodes are a little bit more complicated to record because there's all this like coordination that goes into it. And then it's also a little bit of extra work editing because we have to like put the we don't. Elisa has to put the like audio files together. And it's just like we just wanted a little break from that. But we do love the guest episodes and we are bringing them back. And thank you for your patience at this time. But to be fair, honestly, our podcast has started to blow up a little bit even without those For guest sure. episodes. Yeah. So it seems like you guys kind of like us. I don't know. Yay. Okay. Time to thank our patrons. Yay. Um, this week, we're shouting out Joy Bryant. Hi, Joy. Joy is also an active commenter on um, the bonus episodes on the Patreon. So I know they're listening and I, I love that. Joy. Not that, you know, not that no one else is listening, but I'm just saying, those of you who are being active, extra points for Gryffindor. Um, Jay Adams. Hi, Jay. JT. JT. Hi, bestie. I love you. Thank you for your support. Can't wait to see you this week. 
Um, and Anna. Hi, Anna. Um, they say, thank you all for making my work days on Thursdays suck a little less part. Aw, thank you for making the world suck a little bit less (laughs) by helping us pay our Our bills. bills. Um, if you want to be shouted out, subscribe to the Patreon, baby. Do it. Do it. Listener Mistakes. So this this person has written in a mistake in the past and we sort of it was the one that we kind of <laughs> ripped to shreds for being too long. So they acknowledged that in oh the beginning God. of this. LOL, sorry. <laughs> Listen, it's with love. Uh, also, send us your long mistakes. We don't care. We just won't read the whole thing sometimes. Yeah. We'll like skip through it. But like we're sorry we were mean. <laughs> Please send us your mistakes at bestmistakespod at gmail.com. gmail.com. Thank you. Um, so this person, Bridgie B, wrote in, Hi, besties. So grateful you both made fun of me so hard for my long <laughs> edible fuck up so I could write to you both right now this much shorter mistake. I was haunted by it late during work tonight, just now, actually. When I did my semester abroad in Chile, I met this really attractive man at this random house party one night. We flirted literally the whole time, and he was so hot. We exchanged Instagrams, and about five days later, he texted me telling me he was at his dad's house by the beach, about 45 minutes out of the city, mind you, and that I had to come out there. I was like, what? What do I do? Um, I had to catch a bus or something. The train couldn't get me there. I don't know. The logistics confused me. Anyways, I completely missed out on a shore house party in Chile and what was surely bound to be an extremely hot hookup. And now he doesn't even follow me on Instagram anymore. Ha ha. <laughs> I love you both so much. Thank you for your content. XOXO. Bridgie B. We've all been there. We've all been there. Also, like, I don't know, 45 minutes out. You don't know if there's actually going to be a party. What if that person was going to murder you and you're actually alive today because you didn't want to take the bus out there? Exactly. Yeah. No, that's so far. It's so far. 45 minutes for dick that you haven't even experienced yet in a different country with logistics and buses and trains you don't understand. Yeah, no. It's okay. I mean, maybe it was going to be a hot hookup, but there are plenty of hot hookups to be had. Yes. And anytime you feel haunted by that, I want you to instead really meditate on the fact that that hottie was interested in you at all. Yeah, true. And just take that validation, take that fuel and bring it into a different hot hookup scenario. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm sorry to hear about that. But also congrats. Honestly, all I hear is wins. All I hear you is think. that you got a bunch of validation from a hottie and then you didn't get murdered. Yeah. <laughs> all i do is win win uh-huh. win no matter what no matter what okay okay deep dive deep dive um i was thinking about this last night when i was at um nowadays because the last time or not the last time i was at nowadays um when i was at nowadays before the city shut down at the beginning of covid um it's where this mistake kind of originated. So anyway, I was um, my senior year of high school. I became friends with this girl who became my best friend and we didn't go to high school together. Um, but she went to a high school um, in um, like a suburb of Rhode Island that was like, 
where all of like the very like cool progressive like alt smart kids went mm-hmm. um and like they were just like really ahead of the curve like they weren't like anyone i went to high school with they like were just fun to be around and they were like a core friend group that had all known each other some of them even since before high school but just like the point is that they had like a lot of they had like a whole life together and i was like kind of on the periphery of their friend group and i spent a lot of time hanging out with them my senior year and they always made me feel really welcome and i like really loved spending time with them um But I also, and like I kind of started ditching my other friends to hang out with this friend group because I really liked being kind of like the new shiny toy friend in the friend group. Been there. And I was like really close with like the girls in the group, the girl, like some of the first people that I came out to as trans were like all of the girls in this friend group. They were like the first girls to see my pussy after bottom <laughs> surgery. I would spend, you know, a like, sacred, sacred. Yeah. Just like a lot of like really fun memories. Um, and, you know, I've talked a lot about when I moved back to Providence, like I was strewn all the time because I was depressed and like didn't want to be there. And so I was blacking out all the time. And I just like really. They all ended up moving to New York and then whenever they would be in Providence and I was still living there, they would hit me up and be like, do you want to come to this party and hang out with us? And so I would. And towards the end of my time in Providence, there were a few instances where I hung out with them, where I went home and was like super duper fucking embarrassed with how I'd acted around them. And I also was like, kind of like really, we've talked about these kinds of people before and I was this kind of person where I like really felt almost like entitled to a sense of like emotional intimacy with these people that I had not earned Mm -hmm. and really wanted to be considered like a capital B bestie. And the vibe from them was kind of like, we really love you, but like, you're you're, not, you're not like a bestie. Yeah. And I knew that. And it like made me sad because I was like, you guys are the closest to like the you guys are the closest kinds of like people that I even want to be around like I feel really like cool with you guys I feel seen by you like and I think everyone else in Providence is fucking lame and it's why you guys don't live here anymore so I just was like really thirsty for them to like make me a bestie mm-hmm. and when I moved to New York I so I kind of like stopped talking to all of them like right before I moved to New York because I was like both like ashamed by like how I had acted around them and like annoyed with myself for like trying to have this like sense of unearned emotional intimacy with them. It was just like a lot of embarrassment and projection on my end. And when I moved to New York in February of 2020, I saw them all together because they're always like with each other. They're like a crew. Mm -hmm. I saw them all at nowadays and um i was just like super fucking cold with all of them like they all were like oh my god like you finally like moved to new york and in my head i was like oh i finally moved like what the fuck (laughs) is that supposed to mean like everything they said i was like insult insult jab jab like you think i'm a loser you're Mm. fuck you yeah i fucking did it mind you like they were always like really nice to me yeah like gave me clothes again we're like re- like get, we're, invited me to parties invited me to like intimate gatherings like we're good friends they just like weren't <laughs> over themselves because i wasn't in their day to day yeah 
Um, and so I saw them all at Nowadays. And I just like, you know, when I moved to New York, which I think is normal, I was like, that part of my life is no longer who I am. And anyone that like was in that part of my life can no longer be in this part of my life. And like, especially if you live in New York and you knew me during part of that part of my life, we cannot be around each other. And so I was like super cold to all of them. And I was like, not being like a cunt, but I was just like being like very aloof. And I'm sure to them, they were like, the fuck is this bitch's problem? We've known her for like eight years. (laughs) Why is she acting like she's too cool for us? Yeah. And I was on a lot of Coke and a lot of ketamine that night. And when I got home, I unfollowed all of them on Instagram and deleted all of them on Facebook. And then naturally, a few weeks later, they all started unfollowing me. And I ended up sending... There were, like, a few that I was closer with than most, and I ended up sending this one girl who, like, was kind of, like, the person I felt the closest, like, really, really tight with a long text apologizing and being, like, this has, like, all been, like, a big mess of projection of my own insecurities. I'm really sorry. Like, I shouldn't have unfollowed you. That was, like, really fucked up for, like, the amount of time that we've known each other. I want you to know it had nothing to do with you. It had to do with me. And she never responded. (gasps) Um, and I just like, I've never seen them again since. Like I've never seen them out since I saw like one of them when I was in Providence and they very much went out of their way to ignore me. And I was like, for sure, like go off. Like, yeah. you'd, I don't really blame, like I would probably do the same thing. Um, but yeah, I mean the mistake is that I just like cut off like a whole group of people that like didn't need to be cut off or cut out of my life because I like, allowed my own insecurities and um sense of shame and inflated ego to get the best of me and that's a big bummer because I often I don't feel sad about it anymore but I have generally felt sad in the past that I don't really have like a single close friend that knew me from like before I transitioned and it feels like special to have those people in my life because they kind of saw me through it all now I don't give a fuck about that at all I think that's like a you know that's me like kind of romanticizing my own kind of narrative um but yeah and now that i've seen other people in our social circle kind of act the way i acted sometimes it makes me think about it more and more because i'm like oh like that's you just were acting in a way that you didn't need to act and they were actually like pretty gracious and cool with you show that is the story of how i absolutely exited an entire fine group of people Ugh, I, i've been there yeah. <laughs> um much like you <laughs> absolutely exiting a friend group when there was really no reason you needed to and it being um unpleasant for both you and those involved and later shows that uh had you not acted that way or behaved that way, you probably would have all been, it would have been for the better for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so too did Blackground Records fumble the bag for both themselves and specifically the artist Jojo. Yes. <laughs> when they decided to, for some reason, not really make music anymore, despite being a music label, um, that was them kind of exiting the music industry the way that you exited a friend. Yes. Group. Best mistake. 
Okay. That's um, a very convoluted and honestly not the point kind of way to introduce this week's mistake. But this week's mistake was our queen, our icon, our idol, um, who we will be seeing in March. Yes. Right after my birthday. Um, the What happened to JoJo? A question that is on everyone's minds um, often. Because JoJo in the like... In, in the early aughts, I think, was, like, truly such an icon and figure um, that, like, it was baffling and shocking to see her um, disappear all of a sudden. And I think a lot of us know part of the story as to why she did. Um, but now that she's back, now that she's thriving, now that Taylor just re-recorded a bunch of her music and it's g- going to continue to re-record her music, I'm like, let's put some respect on the name of JoJo, who did that first mm-hmm. for different reasons and not necessarily like, you know, she only had to do it with two albums. It's a different situation. But while we're praising Taylor for it, let's praise JoJo because she... Um, deserves that attention. Yes. So Joanna Nicole Levesque um, was born in uh, on December 20th, 1990 um, in Brattleboro, Vermont. Shout out to uh, the Vermont bitches in the house. She didn't grow up there. She grew up in Foxborough, Massachusetts, but either way, a New England babe through and yes, through. My own stepbrother's girlfriend in high school was one of jojo's backup dancers <laughs> i love that <laughs> um so jojo kind of came from a tumultuous home life um her father struggled with addiction um and wasn't really in the picture um she grew up in a one-bedroom apartment with um her mother her mom um as a hobby sang in the catholic church choir and was a it tr- was trained in musical theater um and kind of apparently like her mom was really into singing really passionate about it never was trying to be like a pop singer or anything but because of her mom's singing propensity that is what got jojo interested in it and at a really young age when her mom was like playing like aretha franklin or whitney houston um or mariah carey or you know these like these singers with fucking pipes Mm -hmm. um her mom noticed that jojo was able to emulate and um like replicate a lot of the singing um styles and techniques that these like living legends (laughs) were um like pumping out she was like how is my fucking four-year-old doing this right now Mm -hmm. so very from a very young age jojo was like precocious in her singing abilities and um pretty immediately started entering talent shows and like performing at, at church and all these things. Um, and then at a pretty young age, um, she started doing like TV talent shows. Um, uh, her stage name, Jojo, she, it, it was her childhood nickname as well. So she was going by Jojo, um, even before she was the Jojo. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the age of seven, she appeared on Kids Say the Darndest Things on the road in Boston with Bill Cosby. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, and she sang um, a song by Cher. 
Um, and after auditioning for the television show Destination Stardom, JoJo sang Aretha Franklin's 1967 hit Respect um, and Chain of Fools. Um, and soon after, the Oprah Winfrey show invited her to perform. And at age 11, she performed on Maury um, during a Kids with Talent episode in 2002. So in that, um, when she performed with or after doing these like multiple TV performances, um, she got on the show America's Most Talented Kids in 2003. And in the audience, even though she only won runner up in the audience was a man by the name of Vincent Herbert, um, who, uh, was Aaliyah's uncle Okay. or no, wasn't Aaliyah's uncle. Sorry. Aaliyah's, he worked for black round records, um, which was ran by Aaliyah's uncle, um, uh, what's his name? Barry Hankerson. Um, so Vincent Herbert works with Barry Hankerson. He invites Jojo over to Barry's house. Um, and the backstory on Blackground Records is that they started that label because Aaliyah was so young when she was at first trying to get a record deal that all these places were like, you're great. You're so talented, but we're not going to sign a 12 year old. We're not going to sign like a little kid. Yeah. Um, so the whole reason that this record, like that this label even existed was because, um, they just created one for his niece, Aaliyah to basically get her into the exploitation talent machine as young as possible. Mm-hmm. When all these other places were like, no, um, especially cause with both Aaliyah and Jojo, the kind of vibe pretty young was like these songs that are not very age appropriate. Like, it's not like they were trying to make these like child stars. Yeah. They, they were not trying to Hannah Montana, these girls, although yeah. Jojo did famously, um, she got the part of Hannah Montana and turned it down. Oh yeah. <laughs> but, um, that was, um, part of the reason that this, this, label even existed was to um propel this other person into stardom too young and then that is what they ended up once Aaliyah had passed away I mean um part of the story of him hearing of of Barry hearing Jojo sing for the first time was that he thought he saw Aaliyah over his shoulder telling him to sign her because um, this was a gift from Aaliyah that she brought him Jojo. Oh my God. And then Jojo for a while as a 13 year old, or as she heard the story at 12 years old when he signs her on this, on this label. Now she's like, Oh, the ghost of Aaliyah is looking out for me and watching over me. So like now this 12 year old thinks that a like pop star that she looks up to Mm. this dead R&B pop star that she looks up to is like watching over her. Oh my God. Like, I mean, sure. I'm sure everyone involved believes that, that that's what happened, but that's a little bit cuckoo to me. Like Aaliyah doesn't know you girly. Um, but both very talented at a very young age. Can't deny that. So Jojo gets signed at 12 years old with black round records. Um, they, her debut studio album, um, released in 2004 and peaked at number four on the U.S. Billboard 200 and was certified platinum, selling over four million copies worldwide to date. Um, some things to note about this album. The 
um, single, Leave, the the song. Get, Get out. out. Yes. Right song. now is a song that JoJo originally hated and didn't know why they wanted her to huh. sing it. Um, she didn't relate to it at all. She's like, I'm 12 when they were recording uh-huh. it. It's about a guy like cheating on you yeah. and then you kicking him out. And she's like, I literally, I'm, tel- I'm 12 and this song sucks and I don't want to sing it. Um, but then it obviously changed her whole life. So now she loves that song. Huh. But at the time, young Jojo was like, I don't want to sing this song. I want to sing like something Whitney would sing. Huh. Um, the album charting made her the youngest um, chart topping chart topping artist at the time um, ever, and among the people, the celebrities to praise her vocals from this song, um, from specifically "Leave," um, were Whitney Houston and Chaka Khan, who wow. were two of her absolute idols. They like had there's multiple like quotes from them saying that she's like an incredible talent. Um, so eventually she, she puts out two albums with Blackground Records. The second album is what Too Little Too Late is on. Mm-hmm. Um, both albums, absolute bangers. She's like a very young teenager and is absolutely crushing the game with two incredible albums with multiple incredible singles off of these albums. Um, right after her second album debuts, her label loses their distribution deal with universal. Um, and then shortly after Vincent Herbert leaves the label. And now this is the guy who got her in with this label. So she's like, huh, you're like my like teammate here. And now Mm. you're not here. And now this label can't even technically distribute music. That's weird. Mm. Um, so she starts doing movies and this is back when she does like aquamarine. She does RV. Um, I think this is probably around the time uh, this is maybe a little bit after, but it's around the time that she like auditioned for Hannah Montana, mm-hmm. all of that. And it's because she just like basically can't put out music because her label can't put out music. And she has a contract with them, a seven album contract that she signed at 12 years old. Um, and something to note about this contract is that it has no expiration date on it. Oh my God. So she needs to fulfill seven albums with them before the contract wow. has been fulfilled. Um, regardless of how long that takes. And now that they can't put out albums, she's just kind of in this weird limbo with them where she's like, okay, well, I'm going to do movies while you guys figure this out. She's still pretty optimistic. She's like, whatever, you guys will figure out a new distribution deal. So that's when she's doing all these movies. They get mad at her because they feel like they discovered her. They're the ones who plucked her out of obscurity and now she's making money off of movies and they don't have any right to that money. Which is like, okay, well then, if that's what something that you wanted from this multi-talented queen, then you should have put that in the contract or yeah. you should like be her manager or something, but you're just a fucking label, so you don't get money from the movies she's making. Fuck off. Um, so while she's waiting for them to secure another dis- uh, distribution deal with another, um, you know, larger label... Um, Her third album is recorded, but unable to be released until the label signs a new distribution deal. And so they finally sign with Interscope Records, but they still won't release the album until she loses weight. 
Oh my God. And they tell her that they just want her to be promoting like a healthier lifestyle and like a healthier look. So they get her on 500 calories a day. Oh my God. And on injections that make her lose her appetite and make her body think it's pregnant so that it sends its nutrients to what like would be a baby and then it just expels it. Jesus Christ. So she loses a ton of weight and she even at the time is like, fuck you guys. Like I'm the picture of health. I look great. I'm like a fucking 15 year old, 16 year old girl who's like active and I look good, but she just plays their game because she really wants the album to come out. So she loses a ton of weight. She's like, maybe if I lose weight, they'll put the album out. They still don't put the album out. They still scrap the singles that she keeps trying to get put through. Um, At this point, she's like working full time, like like a recording she's she's a recording artist that is working as if she's going to be making money from any of these songs but like she's not seeing any of the fruition from it and once again she needs to she needs to release albums with them to get out of her contract with them so like the longer they don't put out the third album the longer it is she has to wait to like she's like still stuck with them you know um so there's a bunch of different like there I could go down there's like a lot of different songs that she almost releases and then doesn't release there's like songs that she like they tease a video but then the video never comes out and like there's just a lot of like um her career just keeps getting the brakes hit on it in a very like public way like she keeps teasing new music and then it never comes out mm-hmm. and like everyone can there's no like oh maybe she's just taking a break like everyone can see that like something's wrong something's Mm -hmm. not going her way um and she's kind of made out to be a diva like there's like speculation that she's being hard to work with or something and like meanwhile she's just like literally being held hostage by this label um so she um at 18 she files a lawsuit against the label for refusing the release of her album and for financial damages and requests to be released from her contract um the lawsuit doesn't go anywhere. She's not released from her contract. Um, she felt she didn't have the, she felt that the label at this point, like they, they, um, they lose that distribution deal. And so now she's like, I feel like this label doesn't have like the means or even the desire to put out music anymore, but they won't release me from this contract. So I'm like stuck. And the contract, by the way, is to her name, her voice and her likeness. So it's not like a print situation where she could just change her name and like move on with her life. Um, It's like if she wants to sing with her voice, they own that. Jesus. And so she can't do anything without them being behind it. Um, and they will not release her from this contract despite not being able to release her albums. And even when they were able, they refused to. Yeah. Um, so after the lawsuit, um, she stays with the label cause she kind of doesn't have a choice and she just starts working on new music and on specifically covers because there's something for some reason it was easier for her to like she was allowed to release like covers without them releasing it. Cause you can just like upload that to YouTube basically. So that's when she releases her very famous iconic, um, uh, cover of Drake's Marvin's room. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, Oh my God, Jojo's back. Um, but it's like, that's all she could do was like release this cover. She couldn't like follow it up with anything. Um, and, um, she was able to release a song, Other Chick, 
but the label refused to release it digitally, even though at this point it's 2011 and every label has switched over from CDs to like digital releases Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, Barry was like not with it and did not want to give in to the digital switchover. Mm -hmm. So the song flops because it is not released digitally. Mm -hmm. And also at this point, all of her music is stuck in this like, like ether of if you want to listen to jojo's music in any capacity you have to have it on a cd or go buy a cd it's 2011 mind you and you cannot get any of her music digitally at this point um i think some of it was on itunes like i i remember having but it could be that i got it from a cd i remember having get out on my ipod but i could have just downloaded it from a cd i don't know but in any case, during the Spotify switchover, during the streaming switchover, none of her music was available there. I think some of it was on iTunes, but I'm, I don't know exactly. But it definitely was not available for streaming. So she speaks to another. She speaks to lawyer after lawyer after lawyer, and they keep telling her like, "This contract is fucking airtight. You're not getting out of this, bestie. Like, you might as well go to college and find a new career because wow. if you can't release seven albums with them." This is like, you cannot release music anywhere else ever, period. And so she's like, she um, falls down a deep, dark depression. She um, starts, she sees like, you know, people like Ariana Grande and Demi Lovato and like these other singers with like really like basically the same like voice type that she has. Um, are like starting to fill the void that she left. Like people are not missing her as much or like even really talking about like, where'd she go? Like she just feels herself falling into obscurity and she's just, she's released or she's recorded at this point, hundreds of songs Mm -hmm. that are not, that she cannot release and that um, no one's ever going to hear. And so she falls into a deep, dark depression. She starts um, her battle with substance abuse, which her father also struggled with and um at this point he's still alive so she's like she's watching her dad kind of fall deeper and darker down this a problem with his substance abuse and she can see that she's slipping into it too but she just sort of feels like well what's the fucking point like um she allegedly tries to take her own life at a certain point and um it's just not looking good for old jojo she's really upset but then she she speaks to another lawyer and this lawyer decided, OK, there's no loopholes in this contract by just reading the contract. But maybe there are loopholes in the contract by reading the laws around like the mm-hmm. laws that these this contract refers to. Mm-hmm. So they start reading into child labor laws specifically, and they figure out that if you sign a contract under the age of 18, the contract automatically cannot last longer than seven years okay. and at this point it's already past seven years so they just go hard with that and they sue them again trying to get her out of the contract they successfully get her, get her out of the contract but they get absolutely no money from the label yeah. for her for damages but she's like listen this is fucking terrible that like there's all these like lot like you know think of all the money that she could have gotten from releasing multiple albums at this point multiple tours the merch all of this shit then obviously the other opportunities that would have come out of that from like acting um that's the other thing there's like she suspects that a lot of this was them like punishing her for pursuing this acting career Mm -hmm. um so she stopped acting almost to like appease them yeah so like jojo was just like not doing anything because of this fucking label and um then they don't give her any money she's not awarded any money in this lawsuit so 
she's like well you know what other people's lives are worse if my worst thing that's happened to me is that i still have a roof over my head and i like finally have my name back and i still like have a comfortable ish amount of money I can deal with that. Like, like, let's just not even fucking worry about it. Let's just worry about how my fans want music right the fuck now. Mm-hmm. And they can't stream any of my songs. So she, by using YouTube videos of her music for reference, <laughs> re-records all of her music wow. so that it can be streamed. That's genius. Um, and right, And right after she releases it, they all like get out and um too little too late or leave rather and too little too late um immediately start uh charting again mm-hmm. because people haven't been able to listen to it on streaming the whole time streaming has existed and with those two songs alone and also i'm sure you know people listening to the other albums but because of those songs uh blowing up again she's able to recoup all of the money that she put into recording those two albums again because she recorded it out of pocket yeah and like that's really hard to do she signs with another label i think she signs with universal just straight up with universal this time um and um pretty immediately another hiccup happens where the person that um brought her into the label goes to um, Interscope. Oh my God. And so now she's again, just like alone with this label. She releases one album with them. Um, it's the first album she released when she got back into music or, you know, back <laughs> she was in music the whole time, but was able to release music again. Um, she releases, hold on. I'm just, I want to pull up the album so I can get it right. Um, she releases Mad Love in 2016. Um, and before that, she released an EP called Three, and it's just three songs mm-hmm. um, in, in 2015. But then she it's just like really important to her that she just she owns all of her own music and that she just have her own label. And because the albums that... Um, she re-recorded oh actually she doesn't she does not re-record her streaming albums until after she records or she releases mad love so sorry let me correct that she releases three and mad love with universal then she um leaves universal because she's like i just want my own label i want to own my own music i'm like done dealing with all of this like like i'm sure that this platform would be helpful but like at this point that's not even what matters to me anymore so she leaves she re-records her original two albums so that she owns them um in you know taylor swift fashion and recoups all the money um and so since then she has released her 2020 album called good to know which is one of the best albums of all time then she also released a um christmas album in 2020 called december baby and she just released an ep called trying not to think about it which is one of the most incredible works of art i've ever heard in my whole life (laughs) and it's all about her struggles with depression um and um you know, through all of this, her father unfortunately passed away and she's got some like really moving music about addiction and about substance abuse and about his struggles and also her struggles. Um, and she has her song, Joanna, that's all about mm. like everyone asking her, like, where'd you go and what happened to you? And, um, 
I just I think she's having an incredible comeback, but in this kind of quiet way where it's not like she's like she's not reaching the levels that like leave mm-hmm. reached when she was 13 but also she doesn't even really want to because yeah. she's like making the music she wants to make now and she's it's fucking so good if you guys not have yeah, if you have not heard jojo's new music it's amazing and it's just like such an inspiration to see how she was able to like pull herself together and like keep fighting like she was told by people, you're never going to get out of this contract. You should just go to college and find a new job. And she was like, N- I literally cannot do that. Like, yeah. I was born to make music. And it's true. If you listen to her voice, she was, this woman was born to sing. Um, and, you know, maybe she could have gone and done, done something else. And maybe that would have been like the smart thing to do. But she kept fighting and it worked out. And um, now we're going to go see her in March. And if anyone listening to this is feeling inspired by this story, her tour dates are her tickets are on sale now. They are. And they're not expensive. They're not expensive (laughs) at all. Um, Yeah, she's just an inspiration. And I'm so happy for her that she's out of that horrible situation. Jojo, come on the pod. Jojo, come on the pod. What's our connection to Jojo? Wait. Oh, she I did. said, oh, she it was Justine. That. I thought it was Sean's ex-girlfriend. It was Sean's ex... Oh, so our stepsister oh was a backup dancer for JoJo. JoJo, come on the pod. JoJo, come on the pod. Yeah, pod. Ma- I love you. Massachusetts royalty and Vermont royalty. New England royalty. Yeah, yeah, she <laughs> is. Aaron Hernandez and JoJo are from the same hometown. <laughs> uh, Foxborough I... really pushing out the... Well, I won't call him an icon. Really pushing out famous Some people. Noteworthy. <laughs> noteworthy <laughs> people. Kind, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, she's just really great. I love her so much. And, um, for me, moral of the story, moral of the story. Don't let your 12 year old sign contracts that don't have expiration dates, but also don't be a lawyer then not know that there's a law that could get your fucking client out of something. Like the fact that that was just a sign sealed delivered law that was like, yeah, this is void after seven years and multiple lawyers were like, looks like you're going to have to start your life over. But so moral of the story is, um, I guess like keep fighting, keep pushing. And better. And I have to say, listen, I'm so sad for her that there was this, you know, 10 years basically that she like couldn't put music out and was like being held hostage um, to this record deal. But I do have to say kind of like Ali and AJ who did that willfully, they took a break for 10 years and then came back. When you start that young, I don't know if it's always a good thing to just keep going without any break between like your bop that you put out at 13 and like the music that you want to make at like 30. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Agreed. that it's really good. I, I, now being such a huge fan of her most recent couple of albums and EPs, I'm like kind of personally grateful that she had to like take that space from yeah. like that previous persona because I don't know if she would have made music like this had she just been like pushing along through the like pop star machine. For sure. Um, so I think moral of the story is that like in a way everything happens for a reason too. Like I I think and she's even said things to that effect. Like in her interviews about this, um, which I watched as many as I could, she's like, yeah, it's terrible and I went through hell and back, but like I honestly don't know if I would have had it any other way because like the outcome has just been like so amazing. Yeah. Um 
And the outcome was that she got to like really know how much people loved her and how much her fans had her back. Cause like through all that time, there were still people that were like rooting for her and, and, um, advocating for her behind the scenes. There was like a free Jojo hashtag. Yeah. All of that. So it sucks, but I'm also kind of inspired by how that setback also propelled her. Cause I think that I'm a defeatist in nature sometimes. And it's like, I don't know if I would have had what she had in her to like keep going and then come out with like what she has now. My God, anything you'd like to add? I mean, just that, as I said, it gets better. It gets better. (laughs) It gets better. Yeah. Yeah. And we love you, Jojo. We love you, Jojo. We cannot wait to see you live. And to have you on the pod. And to have you on the pod. <laughs> yes. Uh, Jojo. Babs Gray. Babs Gray. Brittany. <laughs> we'll do them all together. Yeah, that'd be a great um, red table talk. Yes. <laughs> yes. And motherfucker. <laughs> and motherfucker. <laughs> and then, of course, Willow and Jada. Will be Willow there. and Jada and Gammy. Yeah, it'll be a collab. Best yes. Mistakes meets Red Table Talk. Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, well, we both have things we got to go do. Yeah, so... um. So, um, your, well, hold on. Uh, write in your mistakes. Write in your mistakes at, at bestmistakespod at gmail.com. Leave us a review. review. Test, test your, your holes. Test, test your drugs. And kiss your friends, friends on, on the mouth. mouth. We love you. Love you. <laughs>